for such an incredibly important gospel, we only hear it once in the cycle of Sunday readings, on the fourth Sunday of Lent in year C. And even then, if you do a scrutiny, you don't hear it at all. So I'm really glad that we can talk about this gospel today. A couple things to highlight here. First, the beginning, the original sin of this gospel, if you will, is cutting off relationship. So this younger son, he goes to his father and he says, he wants my, I want my inheritance. Well, what's he essentially saying to his father? He's essentially saying, Father, you are dead to me. At some point, you're going to die. I'm going to get half your stuff. Well, you're already dead to me, so I want half of your stuff now. And then he leaves. He doesn't want anything to do with that family. He leaves and he goes off. That family relationship is broken down. It's gone. It's, it's gone. When this guy finds himself at rock bottom, when he sees that he's eating worse than the pigs, he says, you know, maybe I can go back to my father. But even then, he doesn't believe that he can restore his relationship with his father. He believes that he'll go back to his father, he'll apologize, he'll show repentance, and then his father will at least treat him like one of his hired men, like one of the, the workers on the farm. This guy never expects to be treated like a son ever again. That is not what he's looking for. That's not what he thinks is achievable. And yet, what happens is that he goes to the father, and the father hears nothing of it. The son says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and it's like the father doesn't even hear it. He just says, I'm so glad you're back. This idea of the robe and the ring and the sandals, these are all signs of the dignity of a son. The ring is the, is the sign, it's the seal, right? It's the sign of the authority of the father. It's insane because the ring should really be given to the older son, right? But here's the younger son, he's getting the ring, he's getting the robe, he's getting the sandals. He's received back as a son without any hesitation on behalf of the father. The father says, you are my son, and I'm going to celebrate you like my son. I'm going to party because you were dead and now you're alive again. It's an incredible moment. The church has long interpreted this gospel as a symbol of reconciliation. When we had that year of mercy, the image that was used everywhere was the return of the prodigal son. Because that's what happens when we go to confession, when we tell our Father in heaven, Father, I am sorry for what I have done. It's like he doesn't, I mean, he hears it, he, he loves and needs our contrition, but, but even so, great, you've said it, but like, let's focus on your sonship. Let's focus on the fact that you are a beloved son or daughter of God. That's the focus, that's what we hear. The relationship is completely and perfectly restored. There's no beef between us and God. It just is perfect. He gives us the dignity again of his adopted children. His older son, and it's easy for us to become like the older son, those of us who have tried to live according to the church's uh, disciplines all our life, that older son, I mean, he has a legitimate complaint. He feels like there should be some break in the relationship, that, that we shouldn't just ignore all of the things that have happened. But the point of the parable is that that's not how God operates. It's how we human beings think, but it's not how God operates. What's the gift given to the older son? The father says, my son, you are here with me always. 
everything I have is yours. For those of us who don't break our relationship with the Father, for those of us who try our best to live the life of grace, who try our best to avoid mortal sin, sometimes we focus on the fact that it's it's a drudgery, it's hard. What have we ever gotten for being the good kid, for being the rule follower? But what we've gotten is the presence of God. We forget that the presence of God is an incredible gift. That's what this older son's been given. You are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. By trying to live the moral life, by trying to live the life of grace, we have been given the presence of God at every moment of our lives. We do not have the constant mortal sins that prevent us from receiving that presence, right? That's an incredible gift that we don't give enough credence to. What greater gift could God possibly give us than his presence, his mercy, his grace at every moment? Now, the reason that I invited Lighthouse Mission here today to talk to us is because I had a meeting with them a couple months ago um, about various and sundry things. They're they're beginning a capital campaign um, to really double their impact here in Bellingham. Right now, they, they reach about half of the homeless community in Bellingham every day. They'd like to reach all of the homeless community in Bellingham every day. And so the church gives money to Lighthouse each year, and anybody who's partnered with them in mission before, they wanted to have one-on-one conversations. So showed up, had the presentation. It was really, really good. It was very inspiring. And I was brainstorming with them ways that we could work with them. As I mentioned a couple months ago in a pastor's note, I'd like to see more connections between Assumption and Lighthouse. They currently write down the street, and they do a lot in Bellingham in the name of Christ, and we serve Christ as well, so I feel like we should talk to each other more. So I was brainstorming with them, and and the guy I was meeting with, his name was Lauren, he said, well, just let us know the next time that the gospel of the prodigal son comes up in the scriptures, because it talks about homelessness. And I was like, it talks about homelessness? I don't, where, where? And then I studied the scriptures, and I was like, oh, yeah, like this younger son, he's homeless. Like, what happens to him? He takes his inheritance, he runs off, he spends all his money on prostitutes, But then he's homeless. He has nowhere to go. He can barely find somebody to to help him feed the pigs. And even then, he's not even allowed to eat what the pigs eat. Like, his job isn't even covering his food. This gospel is talking about somebody who's in that cycle. Well, what can we learn about homelessness from this gospel? The main thing that came up in in Lighthouse's presentation of their approach to ministry and and what I've heard from the presentations already at the two masses that I've, I've attended, the main thing is that homelessness often happens because of a series of broken relationships. It really does. Hans at the 5 p.m. mass described it as a 20-year car wreck, right? It's just things going wrong over and over again that after 20 years results in homelessness. And that's because they're broken relationships. If any of us reached a really difficult part in our life, if we found ourselves without a job or really struggling financially or or going through a difficult time emotionally, most of us would have a network of people we could rely on, family, friends, these sorts of things. Well, there are people in this world who don't have that network. A lot of them were born into a place where that network is not accessible. Uh, abusive and toxic family structures, or maybe a history of mental illness where this person just can't necessarily engage well in a relationship. 
But even so, the lack of relationship is often what causes people to end up on the street. That's what we see with the, with the younger son here. The lack of relationship means that he ended up on the street. How do we heal that? Well, we don't heal it first with social services. You can throw as much money you want at a problem, and it's not going to be fixed if there aren't other supports going on. And really, ultimately, what has to happen is somebody's heart has to be converted. What we see over and over again, and if you have anybody in your family who deals with addiction to alcohol or drugs or anything else, you know that at some point they have to reach rock bottom and decide for themselves that they need to make a change. Well, that's what happened to this younger son. He reached rock bottom and said, I have to go back. I have to repair this relationship. And so what happens when somebody reaches rock bottom, if you throw money at that, nothing's going to happen. You have to tell them, what do you do with that rock bottom? For us, as Christians, we know that at that rock bottom is one of the most powerful places to encounter Jesus Christ. When we encounter Jesus, the first and most important relationship in our life is healed. When we encounter Jesus, our relationship with the Father is healed. Because, like I mentioned with confession and reconciliation, it is in Jesus that we are reconciled perfectly with our Father. It is in Jesus that the Father comes running toward us, right? He's the one who chose to leave heaven and become a human being. It is in Jesus that we find God running toward us and claiming us as sons and daughters. And so when somebody on the street reaches rock bottom, they need the message of Jesus more than they need anything else. They need to know that God loves them and they can be reconciled to God. And once they can be reconciled to God, once they can receive again the name of beloved son or beloved daughter of God, then they can begin to heal their other relationships. Their relationships with their families, their relationships with their friends, their relationships with the wider society. Then they can begin to enter into recovery programs and jobs programs and all of the things that are going to give them the supports necessary to live a good and fulfilling life for the rest of their life. In our second reading, St. Paul says something that I found really interesting. He says that we have been entrusted with the message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors for Christ. I speak a lot about evangelization. I think we should all speak a lot about evangelization. What does it look like to preach the gospel? What does it mean to bring the message of Jesus into the world? Paul is speaking about evangelization. When he says we are ambassadors for Christ, he says we are going into the world on behalf of Christ to bring the message of Christ. That's what it means to be an ambassador of Christ. Well, what's the message that we're bringing, according to Paul in this reading? We're bringing the message of reconciliation. In this reading, he's equating the gospel with the message of reconciliation. And this is what we've been saying the whole time. The message of the gospel which is the message of salvation. Salvation is reconciliation with our Father in heaven. Salvation is being able to hear him say, my son was dead and is now alive. Bring the robe and the ring and the sandals for my daughter who has come back to me. That's the message of the gospel. That's salvation. It's reconciliation. And so, what do we bring to those on the margins, the poor and the marginalized and the homeless? First and foremost, we bring the message of reconciliation. 
We bring the message that you can be reconciled with God, no matter where your life is, no matter what your history is. You can be reconciled with God, and in that reconciliation you will find salvation. I've been saying all weekend, we are so blessed that the primary outreach ministry to the homeless in this area is a Christian ministry. Because I don't believe any social problem, particularly homelessness, can be solved without Christ. So the fact that so many of our homeless brothers and sisters have daily contact with a Christian ministry is incredibly important. It gives me an incredible amount of hope. Because if we just throw money at the problem, if we say, well, here's a tiny house, or here's a stipend for this, or a a scholarship for that, but there's no change of heart, what traction will be made? But if we say, God loves you, you are a beloved son, you are a beloved daughter, he wants you, he wants you to live this fulfilling life. If we give them that message and then give them a tiny house or a stipend or a scholarship, we're going to make so much more progress. We're going to see lives that are changed, hearts that are brought to a fullness which we couldn't have imagined otherwise. Jesus is the answer to all of our problems. And reconciliation, in reconciliation, we find our salvation.